Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Witt, joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Howdy, y'all. We are at the Dirt Talk Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, live and in person. Live and in person. It's a pretty cool place to do a podcast. I will continue to say that. I We're starting to get it broken in, and I'm starting to just... I don't know. I think we're starting to chill out a little bit. First few times, it was like, I don't know about this, but we're getting there. We're getting there. I've definitely run and rerun and then rerun again um, most of these cables in here, which is kind of like giving me like an eye-twitching migraine. Mm-hmm. But I'm, 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 I think I'm done. I think this when I do it today, it'll be the last time. Okay, good. For the next week or two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, until October. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, shoot, yeah. we need this too. Sure. Yeah, yeah it's coming together though. Um, office is happening. We have people stopping by. We just had two companies here yesterday, mm-hmm. IMI and Workbrow. Um, we where, had a where are they based? Uh, IMI is out of Indiana, Workbrow is out of Ohio. Cool, yeah. IMI materials company and Workbrow buckets. If you see like the WB on buckets or couplers or mm-hmm. rippers or wheel loader buckets, whatever it may be, that's them. They, they manufacture them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and they 3D printed you one too. They, yeah. There's <laughs> one on my desk, yeah, which is cool. super cool. Now mm-hmm. we just need a real bucket. Yeah. And just put like a little like cushion in there. It can just be like a reading corner. Well, actually, that was one of Molly's ideas at some point. She, I feel like she wanted a big bucket for something. And I had to explain like, Molly, they're very, very heavy. Yeah. We could just <laughs> roll it in here. <laughs> So yeah, you can't just take a you can't take it on a second floor of a a pretty old building. That doesn't doesn't work. It wouldn't exactly be a breeze to get it up the stairs. No, but I do want a small bucket for like to make a little planter out of it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're getting there, man. We're getting there. Coming we got together. companies sending plenty of stickers, so that's really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I, and I like that so many of them are not our partners. Like in addition to aren't. our yeah, like yeah. in addition to that group, also other people who just think Buildwood's interesting and kind of want to be a part a little bit. And and that's the evolution of the business. So up until now, we have been I don't know if exclusive is the word, selective with who we work with. Um from a financial standpoint, there's a certain size of company that we need to work with to make it work for our business and theirs. Yeah. We can't work with small companies because they need to pay us a bunch of money uh, for it to work for our business. And then, which doesn't work for their business because that money needs to be invested elsewhere. Yeah. Um, So we've had to work with a certain size of company. And then we want to work with companies that we think are also making the dirt world a better place aligned with our, our mission. And then who value that value the same thing we do. Yeah. You know, they, 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 it's just a, a good relationship. It's not just a business transaction. It's a, it's a partnership. That's why we call them partners. Mm-hmm. So historically, that's we've only worked with, I don't know, maybe like right now, currently, I'd say we work with about 20, 25 companies, maybe 25. But with where we're headed as a business, we are going to start being able to do business with many companies. Build It Leaders was a first stab at that. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's only the very beginning of where we're going to be headed over the next six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, one of those smaller companies that listens to us or even just someone in the industry that listens to us or follows us or whatever it may be, 
and wants to be a part of BuildWit, there's a lot more opportunities to be a part of our company coming soon. And we're, we're really excited about that. Well, I think we've talked a little bit before about how um, the barrier for entry to like engage with BuildWit as a thing has been really tough. It's like you have to represent like a, a certain sized construction company has yeah. basically been the barrier for entry. Yeah. And if that's not you, then we, you just don't really get to like be a part almost. Yeah. Other than like follow Aaron. It, it was essentially the, the initial beginning of this. Sure. And so th- once the, the podcast has been going for a while, that's also something that like, it doesn't take much to listen and follow along with us. Even just a couple of jabronis couple jabronis just talking shooting the poop um that like more people can engage there and yeah. so you know we released build with leaders which kind of like f- was like a middle gap there mm-hmm. it's you know that's that applies to some people it doesn't apply to others but that's just like the the um tip of the iceberg in terms of what's like coming down the pike you know yeah we're we're growing and, and building and and seeing opportunity that like Maybe it's always been there, but we didn't even know to look for it in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually we're going to be like, we're going to be B to C business to consumer. I think it is, or I don't know. I think that's what it is. I'm not a businessman. I don't know all these businessman terms. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be able to, to, to connect with people on an individual level. Uh, and that starts with the podcast that starts with social media, but is going to expand to a lot of new opportunities and then also do business with other businesses on an entire spectrum of businesses from an owner operator running one piece of equipment to a multi-billion dollar infrastructure company. We're, we're building a business and a a line of services and operate offerings that'll, that'll cover the entire dirt world. Because if we don't cover the entire dirt world, we won't accomplish our mission of making Mm -hmm. the dirt world a better place. That's what we recognized was, are we really going to be able to make the dirt world a better place working with 30, 40 companies? No, no. It's it's a it's a good start. We need those companies. They've been very gracious uh, with us over the past few years. They've been the reason why we're here today. They're going to continue to be a very important part of our business. But we need to reach beyond our current group of partners if we are to actually make the dirt world a better place. And that's why we're here is to make the dirt world a better place. I mean, we could go post up just focused on the creative business we have going right now and be pretty damn successful with where we're at. I think we could get everything focused, dialed in, and we are, but there's a lot of other opportunities that we see to impact the dirt world. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're just only just now recognizing and understanding like our impact and potential impact, which I think is the like cycle the life cycle of a business that's kind of where we are in the, that phase right now buckle up but the exciting thing is everybody listening is going to be able to come along with us yeah You've even all, more than ever uh, more than ever before and if you haven't noticed we try to we try to explain everything going on we try to just give you the straight the straight poop on whatever's happening around here i mean we just had some guy stop by he's like can i walk around and take pictures i'm like dude do whatever the hell you want yeah. I, don't, I don't care I'm like sure take pictures whatever you want you want to use my computer? Sure. Here you go. Like it. <laughs> like sure, man. Hey, you need my wallet for anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We try to be pretty open um, 
we know that that's one of the elements that we need to maintain if we are to be successful. We need people rooting for us. We need people along on the ride with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's why we try to be so transparent, honest, open, so people feel like they're a part of what we're doing. Yep. Pretty cool. Yeah. And speaking of transparency. That was a good one. I had another potential um, segue, but that was a pretty good one. What was your segue? Uh, you said you were like, I'm no, I'm no businessman. And I said, well, speaking of uh, not being a businessman. Yeah. You're going to say, or, you know, you're not, you, you might not be a businessman, but you're quite the operator. I was going to talk myself into it. You know, I was going to like <laughs> process it out loud and eventually get there. Yours is pretty good though. Mm-hmm. I'll give you credit for it. Yeah. So if you, if you follow me online, Aaron Witt online, this past weekend, you'll have noticed that I had a little bit of an accident with my beautiful brand new 259. Uh, I put it on its roof. Yep. (laughs) No other way to say that. It's what happened. I mean, squarely on its roof. Mm -hmm. The whole machine on its roof. Did it go, did it fall over backwards? It rolled right over. Yeah. So I was, here's how it happened. I ran it for a while in the morning gave Ben Schwanberg some time. Mm-hmm. And then before we were going, I was like, I'm going to spend another 10 minutes or so messing around. And there was this big old pile they had. So I was going to build a little ramp up, up on top of the pile. And cause I'm, I'm just trying to learn how to do different things with my skids here. Sure. I want to do a little bit of work here or there around town. Just like, you know, a four hour job on a Saturday. Cause once a month fun to do just yeah. yeah, for fun, nothing else. And I was almost at the top of the ramp grabbed the last bucket of material. I mean, I was damn near there, man. Grabbed the last bucket of material, had the bucket raised a little too high, backed up a little too quick, hit a little bit of a soft spot, and then the whole machine just went right over, all the way over. Mm -hmm. And then the bucket caught it. So that's why it stayed standing squarely up. So that happened. I was wearing my seatbelt. Safety tip, wear your damn (laughs) seatbelt. Like, no joke. And I've always been very serious about that because there's been a lot of people killed not wearing their seatbelts when otherwise they should be completely fine. So I was wearing my seatbelt. My ass was firmly in that seat, 180 degrees upside down. Like, I should not have been that seat, but seatbelt, good to go. Had not a single problem at all. Not a single piece of broken glass. Everything was fine. Wow. First thing I did within one or two seconds was go for the key because I know for whatever reason, you turn an engine over, you turn a machine over, shut the damn thing off. Because if you don't, if you let it run, you're it's going to be toast. Went for the key, turned it off, took the key out, but the engine kept running. And so there was a ton, it was burning oil, ton of smoke, a ton of very thick smoke. I started to panic a little bit because sure. it was like, you couldn't see anything, a lot of smoke. But I was able to pop the door open and walk out. And then we just let the machine die. I mean, it probably took a minute to die. So Mm -hmm. is my engine done for? Perhaps. I don't know. Thompson Machinery is looking at it today. Mm -hmm. Fun. It's a bummer. How'd you get it flipped back over? Fortunately, fortunately, we were at Rosso's new office site. Um, They have a big pile of dirt in the back that I've been practicing with. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a bunch of equipment 
laying around their jobs, their their site right now because they're actively building the new pad and building pad for their yeah. future shop and their office. So they had a 315 excavator sitting there. So I grabbed that and we grabbed a chain and just hooked it onto one of the lift points, turned it over a little bit, 90 degrees, grabbed on it again, turned it over the other 90 degrees. So we got it turned over in maybe 15 minutes. Nice. That wasn't too bad. No. And then just left it there. I didn't, I didn't touch it again. I'm like, all right, this is Thompson Machinery's problem, not mine. <laughs> I mean, it is my problem. It's definitely your day. problem, but but I'm gonna let the professionals take this one. Yeah. So after we did that, of course, I took pictures, I took photos, I was laughing, Ben was laughing because like, did I intend to turn over my beautiful brand new machine that I've worked 10 years to buy? Absolutely not. A little part of me died looking at it with, sure. with it on its roof. But what else am I going to do? Like get all, get all bent out of shape, start, start yelling and swearing and just, just let it ruin my day. No, mm-hmm. it, it, it was kind of funny at the same time. It's like, hey, I'm good to go. I was wearing my seatbelt. I was doing what's right. I tried to shut the machine off. Like, I did everything I could have done. It's happened. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So, I documented it, of course. Didn't, didn't, I did not want this to happen. Documented it. Put it on the internet because that is my life. What do you think? I put my life on the internet for better or for worse. Most everybody, it's actually been a... Uh, a much more positive reaction than I was expecting. I mean, it has been like, there's probably like five, maybe like a thousand comments now between wow. LinkedIn and Instagram. And then that's not even direct messages of people saying like, hey, like really respect you putting that on the internet. I've I've screwed things up pretty bad before. Didn't have the balls to put on the internet, but like, thanks. Just so you know, you're not the only one. Been there, done that. I have hundreds of pictures of broken machines in my in my inbox, which is kind of funny. Um, but overall, it's been very, 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 very positive, which I sincerely was not expecting. Yeah. I thought I was going to put a very embarrassing thing on the internet, just get roasted for it, which I deserve. <laughs> Feel free to roast me. Oh, I yeah. think it's hilarious. Make all the memes you want. And then I was going to go about my day. But it's had a very, a very positive impact. Until you pay for the service to get a new engine in there. But that's what insurance is for. <laughs> Until the insurance company pays for it. Yeah, I don't pay for it. I just pay my premiums. There I'm you paying go. for it regardless, man. Yep. That's what insurance is for. It's 30 dues. So, um, stay tuned. We're going to get her back up and running. Thompson Machinery. I, I couldn't say enough nice things about them. I'm a paying customer like anybody else. We don't have any kind of professional relationship no. with them. Uh, but they're just... They're world-class. Their folks texted me after seeing on the internet maybe 20 minutes after it happened. Um, they have their folks out there today. We're good to go. They're, I'm taken care of. I don't have a worry in the world. So everybody everybody was super cool about it. I appreciate everybody that's made fun of me so far. It's been really funny. It's really helped soothe the pain. Mm-hmm. The people I don't appreciate are all the very serious people on LinkedIn. People are... Instagram, Instagram is a hoot. People are a blast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It is a, the dirt world has a wonderful community on Instagram. It really does. LinkedIn though, LinkedIn, there are some very serious people. I'd, I've not looked at the comments on the LinkedIn picture yet. There are some post. very serious people. Okay. And they said, you know, we don't appreciate you making light of this. 
This is a very serious incident. You're like, yeah, I was there, dude. Taken as such. <laughs> or, you know, you'd be fired. And it just, it, we just talked about this on the Intron podcast. That is such an archaic mentality. And I think it's irresponsible to just say, oh, you'd be fired. Because, so you fire somebody, you make an example out of them. They go off with their tail between their legs. They don't really necessarily learn their lesson. They're resentful. They're bitter. They're already, they're already embarrassed. You don't need to go yell at someone who's, who's just fucked up. I didn't need someone to tell me I had screwed up. I, looking at the machine, I very well knew I screwed up. I didn't try to do that. I wasn't doing anything irresponsible. Operator error, I, wasn't, I was doing something I shouldn't have done with the machine, but I wasn't trying to do it. I wasn't irresponsible. I was mm. wearing my seatbelt. I was good to go. We had a fire, sting, a fire extinguisher right there if we needed it. We're good to go, man. Nobody was around me. I was by myself. I wasn't by myself. You know, Ben was off in the truck, but there was nothing there. It was just a dirt pile. I'm practicing. I'm learning. I'm mm-hmm. teaching myself how to do this because I didn't grow up around equipment. And to say that you'd just be fired, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. If someone makes a genuine mistake, instead, so they're, they're just going to fire them? Like, have you... Have, that's, how is that any t- taking any kind of ownership whatsoever? Instead, asking as a leader, how could I have prevented this situation from happening? Clearly, they didn't have the training they needed. Clearly, they knew they, they shouldn't have done that. How could I have taught that before that had happened? How could I have prevented this? Because there's clearly some disconnect there. Their inexperience, that accident, that's your fault. That's not their fault. If I'm on a job site, and that's an opportunity to teach that's an opportunity to sit someone down and say, all right, what did we learn? And that's an opportunity to give someone grace too. If you give that young operator grace and teach them, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to be a hell of a lot more careful next time. They're going to go teach others about what they learned. They're going to follow you wherever the hell you go. You're going to build a hell of a lot of leadership capital. And you're probably going to get one of your best operators out of that individual. But instead, you're just going to say, oh, we're just going to drug test and fire them. What the hell? Like, what's our biggest problem in the industry right now? Workforce. Workforce. So when someone screws up, we're just going to fire them? Huh, I wonder why we have workforce problem. Curious. Curious. It's insane. Insane. And all these safety people that think there's, you know, God, like, I, 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 I don't like getting into the whole safety thing, but some of these safety people, they just don't, they don't get basic leadership principles, man. Like, sure, I, I never want an accident to happen. But also, like a skid steer is built to roll over. If you're wearing your seatbelt, you're going to be good to go. You're going to be it's okay. It's meant to protect you. It's, it's meant to roll over. Every piece of equipment is meant to be on its, on its roof. It's designed that way because it happens. It happens. Yeah. I mean, you know? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's and, and, you know, and people, they don't appreciate me putting on a line or anything like that. So I'm just supposed to act like I'm perfect. I'm supposed to act like mistakes don't happen. I guarantee you I have people rethinking wearing seatbelts after seeing that post. And maybe it's one individual that now wears their seatbelt because they saw that post. I've done more for safety and I've done more for leading safe practices out on job sites than a lot of these other people that just sit there criticized, say they'd be fired have. I mean, I'm just like wondering about that the the attitude of why someone would be like, I don't appreciate you posting something like this. It's like, yeah, this is not like a, this is definitely, this is definitely not type one fun. 
No. This is not even really type two fun. No. Yet, like, we can either a- approach it and, like you said, like, do I let this ruin my day? Do I let this ruin my life? Like, that's not good for anybody. No. Like, let's, you know, let's let this kind of be what it is and let's put it, like you said, you put it on the internet just because you put shit in your life on the internet. But it's never, I don't know. I, th- I think the response has been so weird because there's this entire huge group of people that are like, man, been there. Yeah. Like it sucks when it happens, but been there. Mm-hmm. And then there is a, a a different subset of people that it's like, how dare you? Like it's so weird. But the people, but but this shows where the social temp, the, the temperature in the industry is. You have this huge group that said, been there. That was, you know, when it happened to me, best lesson I've ever learned. And and I've become a hell of a lot better as a result. Yeah. That's the temperature of the industry. That's where the industry's going. So these people that have no tolerance, that are just shit talking or whatever, they're on the wrong side of history. That's not where the industry's going, man. Mm-hmm. That's not it. It's not it. And and the funny thing is, and I made it made a note of this on my post, the people I respect the most in the industry, the most talented operators I know, the the best business people I know, they all reached out and they said, Yeah, I've been there, man. Been there. Yeah. Sucks, huh? But glad you're okay. You won't do it again. Good to go. All the people I respect, all the people I trust, oh, yeah. all the people that are actually doing something in this industry. They all they all understand. So it's just a it's just a good lesson. And it's like, I think we need a little bit more patience and grace in this industry. Mm-hmm. I think we need some to it's okay to screw things. And that's what I told our team. It's all right, I made this this really embarrassing mistake. And then we got on our Monday call and I just said, hey guys, this really wasn't cool. I didn't want to do it. Clearly, you know, I, I worked 10 years to buy my first machine. I was so stoked to buy that machine. I was so stoked for it to show up. It sucks having it broken right now. And sucks probably having to put a new motor in it at 20 hours. It yeah. sucks. But at the same time, hey, it's okay to screw up. That's what I told everybody. It's okay to screw up. Like, let's do our best here. Let's let's be as thoughtful as we can. But if you make a mistake, that's okay. And I know safety, there's there's less wiggle room there. If you make a mistake, someone gets killed. And I, I get how that's a potentially dangerous mentality. But at the same time, if we just sweep everything under the rug and just fire anybody, whoever screws up, who screws up, that's not very safe. Mm-mm. That's not learning a whole lot. No, that's not trying to figure out what went wrong and how you can take ownership of it so it never happens again. That's just you blaming others. So and that helps nobody. That's my skits to your talk. Skids to your talk weekly on Dirt Talk. We're rebranding Dirt Talk. Yeah, it's gonna be called Skids to your talk. Is that a surprise to anyone? I don't think so. No. Although it might be a couple weeks before we talk about a skid steer again. I don't know. I mean, I'll probably be giving you an update next podcast about how much the repair bill yeah, is. You're like, listen to this. <laughs> I told Caterpillar I'm going to be one hell of a customer. And here I am, probably needing to replace my engine within 20 hours. Which means you've bought a skid steer and two engines. I'm, I am an amazing, uh, a fantastic customer. I'm going above and beyond as a customer. From a value standpoint, you're bringing a lot of value to mm-hmm. Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I told them they'd get a lot of advertising out of it too. I thought sure. the extent of the advertising was going to be because it was a cow skid steer. I didn't know that it was because it was going to be a cow skid steer on its roof. But I'm trying to just 
There's a joke here. There's plenty of jokes here. To I'm, be fair, I'm, 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 I'm trying to I'm trying to milk it. Yeah, you're just trying to milk it for all it's worth. Um, speaking of of cows, I'm proud and impressed by how many people had uh, like cow tipping jokes to make. So many. It was great. People are so funny online. People are so so funny, mm-hmm. and that's that's a huge part about the industry is. Taking a joke too. If you screw up, you're going to be the butt of every single joke for weeks and months. But that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. That's just part of it. You know? That's like how it would work. And it's like, I really don't even think it's a safety. Like, sure, I needed more training, but it's not a safety. I was wearing my seatbelt, man, and I was good to go. I walked right out of it. Not a single scratch, nothing. Good to go. Like, they're built to do that. It sucks. But it's just a machine at the end of the day. You know? I just, I go back and forth about the whole, like, zero accident mentality. I don't know if it's doing the industry a disservice or not. Which is, and I don't know if I should get too far into the weeds on this because I don't have my thoughts fully formed. And this is a very hazardous, no pun intended, subject to, to broach. But it's like, I just saw a sign the other day on a job site. It's like, Like, we do safety here. It's like, okay. No, you don't. You don't do safety here. You build stuff here. You build here. Safety, like, so safety is all you do. That's the goal. That's why people show up to work to do safety. Like, what what does that even mean? No, it's the goal is to go build stuff to serve society, to feed our families. Of course, we want to get back to our families. So we want to work safely. But that, but, and this is where, you know, Mike Rowe, if you haven't talked, heard him talk about safety third, like these companies say safety first, it's like, but it's really not first because if you don't make money, what's the point of doing any, anything else? You're like, yeah, I mean, it is a business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just get all wound up about this. I think people are very misguided. I think a lot of these professionals, they need to read extreme ownership, learn more about leadership before they start spouting off on the internet because mm-hmm. they... I think they're very misguided. And so, I but but their intentions are pure. Like I get sure. they I want everybody to go home at the end of the day too. I was very, you know, I next day I'm like, "Hey, thank you God. Got out of there no problem. Nothing wrong here." Yeah. Really appreciate it. But <laughs> I don't know. It was not a fun situation. Maybe this is type 3 fun. Where it's like it was neither fun in the moment nor fun to look back. But some of the, like the conversations and engagement that have come from it are actually pretty enjoyable and interesting. Yeah. And I'll have one hell of a story to tell. Next time you get it back. <laughs> I'm actually kind of impressed. Like, I don't know how I got it squarely on its roof. I'm just like thinking about the mechanics of you rolling back and like. That would like, have been one hell oh, of a video. God, oh, oh, oh. Just like in that one second of yeah, it rolling back. It, it oh wasn't, my gosh. It wasn't quick. I mean, like, there's no broken glass or anything. It was just kind of like. Did, and then could I you was, just like hear Schwamberg in the distance? No. Well, he heard it. He heard that he was sitting in the truck and that something started to sound a little funny. So then he, and he was sitting behind a loader. So he couldn't actually see what oh, was going okay. on. So he, he walked around. He was there pretty quick. And he saw it upside out. down. He's like, what? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Smoking. Oh man. 
Yeah. After I get on this podcast, I'll uh, talk to Thompson, see where we're at. See where we're at. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, we've got a couple questions. Super. From the, from the listeners of the Dirt Talk podcast. Okay. This is from Andy. He says, uh, I work for a large civil contractor as a field technician and travel 100% of the time, only home on weekends most of the time. The area in which I cover is very large, and I'm the only guy they have covering that area, although my employer is actively looking for others to help with the workload. I often feel burned out or just kind of in a loop with the amount of travel and work, doing everything at work and still trying to have a home life with a wife and a kid. I guess my question is, how does someone deal with burnout? I think that's the million-dollar question. I don't think anybody has an answer, and I think it's um, really personal, too. I don't think there's like a one-size-fits-all solution. I think it's how, you know, what you need to do to, to chill out. And I think it starts with a conversation with your employer. If you, I think it starts with, you know, is the company you work for, is that really w- where you want to stay? And if, okay, like step one, you know. Reckon with that. Yeah. And yeah. maybe, you know, maybe that's not for you. Maybe you find something closer to home. And a lot of those companies that travel, they're struggling right now because a lot of people are just sticking closer to home. And I don't, I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, so that is probably number one is, Hey, is this a company you want to stick around with? And if it is, then two, I'd probably start with a conversation with them. Hey, listen, I'm feeling a little burnt out here and I know you guys are looking, I, but I just wanted to let you know that this is where I'm at and maybe just talk through it. Like, is there any possible solution here? Or how do you, how do you see it? Cause if, if it's a company you want to stick around with, they probably care about you. If they care about you, they don't want you to be burnt out yeah. at all. Like we, we've gone through this um, with our, our content teams. Those guys are out on the road all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And it's harsh. It's a harsh kind of travel. And everybody gives a shit. They're like, oh, you're only taking pictures. I'm like, dude, you go try visiting 15 states in 30 days. And then we'll compare notes at the end of it. And we'll, we'll talk about how, oh, it's not very hard. It's hard. It sucks. It sucks. And it's like, you know, hard is hard. Hot is hot, you know, and everybody has their own version of it. So, okay, cool. You work harder, whatever. I don't care. It's still hard work. It still wears people out at the end of the day. It's still exhausting. Um, And we, you know, we've had those conversations recently. It's like, hey, I, you know, I really don't want you feeling like this. So what do we need to do to, to make it better? And some of the conversations were, hey, so honestly, it's still going to take a little bit of time. But like, trust me, we're we're working on this. This is one of our top priorities. We're heading in the right direction here. Mm-hmm. So just give us a little bit more time. But we're we don't want this to be the permanent state. Um, but I would that's where I would start is just a conversation. I just had that from the other side of the coin, from the employer standpoint, having a conversation with some of our folks that have just been ground into the dirt a little bit over the past few years, I guess. Yeah. Um and I came into it, obviously, in a very high-caring manner. I really care about them. I don't want them burnt out continuously. I don't want them feeling like that. So let's try to figure out what the solution is. I feel like it would be difficult to have, or it'd be difficult to begin the conversation of saying, um, you know, what I've been doing is unsustainable. Mm-hmm. I, I could see how that would be, um, I don't want to say terrifying or scary, but like, I feel like that like requires a level of level of vulnerability because it's like, 
if I want my employer to think that like I'm tough and I can handle anything and I can make it happen no matter what and I'm a killer teammate, I think it's also hard to then say this is really hard. Like this is yeah. an unsustainable rhythm that we have going currently. Definitely. You know? But then it comes back to, you know, there's a few different levels, but it comes back to that extreme ownership mentality of your life is your problem. And if it's unsustainable, you need to do something about that. You need to have that conversation. And if your employer's like, you know, screw you, just deal with it, then go somewhere else. It's the, 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 the people have the power right now. Mm-hmm. Companies, the, in most situations, maybe you live in a very rural area and there's only one employer in town, but most situations, nine times out of 10, you, you have the power as the individual right now. And companies are scared about that because companies, for the first time ever, don't really have the power and they don't know what to do. And the companies that figure this out, that do care for their people, that do genuinely don't want their people to get burnt out, that figure out how to keep people on the road while also getting them time with their families, this and that, those are the companies that are going to win. So it does love, it does require a level of vulnerability. But if you're at that point, you're probably willing to have that conversation at least. If it's a company that cares about you, if you're working for people that care about you, it should go pretty positively. If it doesn't go positively, there's a lot of other options, especially yeah. as a as a, a mechanic tech. Dude, you can get a job anywhere right now. Anywhere. And I'm all about people leaving bad companies and going to good companies. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. That's what needs to change. Yeah. And that's what needs to happen in this industry. So if you need to change companies, change companies. I worked, I was thinking about this this morning. I worked, by the time I was 22, quit, start the company. I'd worked for eight different companies. Eight. That's a lot when you're 22. Yeah. And people, uh, oh, you're, you're not loyal or anything like that. It's like, dude, yeah, I wasn't. I was trying to learn as much as I could. I was trying to go everywhere to get as much, as many different perspectives as I could. Because the reality is, and I've, I've talked to my brother about this a little bit, a lot of these companies don't care. No. They don't care about you. They don't. They can, I think a lot of companies like to say like, oh, you know, we've got, we're, we're a family here and, but it's like, sure, but they could fire you tomorrow and re- try to replace you two days from. Yeah. And that needs to change. And the way we change that is by making people feel pain. Yep. And by, you know, speaking with money and speaking with people. So we've talked a little bit about, um, we don't have to get into it too much, but there, the companies, and not necessarily even in this industry, that are like, nobody wants to come work for us. Without Yet those companies are probably rarely reckoning with the idea that maybe we need to do something to make our company more attractive. You know, it's like if, yeah. if we want people to come work here, maybe we should make it a better place to work. And I, I feel like that's a, a question that probably a lot of companies don't ask themselves. No. And I think some of them put them in a, themselves in a position where it's like, well, it's certainly not our fault that nobody, we're struggling to get anybody. And that's you know? fine. Like, and that's, yeah. Dude, like, okay, if, if you want to, if you want to do that, that's cool. <laughs> but just know that you're not going to have a business a whole lot longer. And if you're cool with that, you're cool with that. I don't, either way, we're good. I don't, and don't even take it from us. You know, go listen to the Sal for Sella podcast, part two. The good one. Good one. So I would recommend that podcast if, if, if you're struggling with this right now. He goes into it. 
Mm. <laughs> um, well, thanks for talking about that, Aaron. Uh, and thanks for sending the question, Andy. Um, next question. Uh, well, I'll, a question I did get this week was if you're going to buy that Lego D11T. Do you want to know what is hilarious? Going back to the skid steer. Uh-huh. I roll it over on Sunday. I get a call from Caterpillar Corporate on Monday. Okay. And it is a woman in Illinois. And it comes up as Caterpillar on my phone. I answer it. I'm like, oh, shit. How what dare you post that on the internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably their you know, legal department or sure. whatever. Um, but no, it was their customer satisfaction team. Wow. Calling to ask and, and conduct a survey about how satisfied I am with my brand new 259 D3 Caterpillar multi-terrain loader. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> well, let me tell you, lady. The the ROPS and the, the seatbelt work like a charm. Safety features, 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Love it. Would recommend it to anybody. You put them through their paces. Yep. I just told her. I, I, I started laughing out loud. Just started giggling. And I just told her, like, we're gonna we're gonna need to do this another day. <laughs> this, this is not the time. Like, we don't want to have this conversation quite yeah. yet. Oh man. Okay. Um, this is a question from Nate. He says, being a young dirt company, is it smart to focus on a certain type of work? Or should I be open to any type of work? I just turned down site work for 23 townhomes because I'm booked up doing land development, driveways, house pads, the type of work I really enjoy doing. Um, I would do what works for you. That's what we've started to do. I mean, right now we're currently focusing our creative business a lot more than we have in the past. We used to do everything and now we're, it's not that we're, we don't do everything, but we're starting to get a little bit more thoughtful and intentional about what we take on. And what we take on is the creative storytelling type work that the company was founded upon and that we excel at Mm -hmm. and that we enjoy. So we're, and, and, and that, that makes us more money. It's a lot more profitable yeah. and then generates a much bigger impact for our partners than the other work does. It's a win, win, win all the way around. We enjoy it. It works better for our business. We can get a little bit more focused. They get more out of it. They get more impact. You know, the, the dirt world is, is better at the end of the day. Um, so if I've learned anything from all these, these business guys, it's do what works for your business. Like some companies are vertically integrated. They do everything and it works very well for them. Others just do one thing. Others have a few uh, divisions and the divisions focus on individual things. What works for your business? Where do you make money? And then there's, there's pros and cons to both. If you just do one thing, you can specialize and be really good at that and kick, everybody's out, kick everyone's ass at it. And there's economies of scale or whatever it may be. But then maybe you're exposed if the market turns. It's yeah. just, there's no right answer. It's what works for your business. What work do you enjoy? And I've always stuck with work I enjoy. That's why we don't work with general contractors. That's why we don't work with home builders. I just like the dirt. I just like the pipe. I like the concrete. I like the infrastructure component of it. I don't like all the other stuff. I don't get excited about plumbing. I respect it, but it just doesn't get me going. Mm-hmm. So I've said, we're not going to, we're not going to work with plumbing contractors. And there's no real rationality behind that other than it just doesn't get me going. I don't want to deal with it. That's fair. It doesn't always have to make business sense either. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you were talking about like how we were kind of refocusing, but I think what goes back to the original question is we wouldn't know exactly how to refocus if we hadn't tried a bunch of other stuff that like, mm, that probably doesn't work for us long term. Exactly. Go try a bunch, figure out what's works for your company. I mean, Randy, you know, at Blunt Contracting, they stopped back in the day doing underground work because they just looked at their company, looked at where they made money. They made money in the in the shoring, in the in the more complicated type projects. Mm-hmm. The pipe work, just generally speaking, it was more so a commodity at that point. And so they said, well, why don't we stop bidding pipe work altogether? Huge departure. Yeah. And you're a civil contractor. You're not going to do underground. You're a site work contractor, but you don't do pipe. What? Are you kidding me? Guess what? They started making a lot more money. They, they started were focusing to, on what they're good at and they yeah. enjoy more as a business. They started growing. And now they're doing more pipe today because of the acquisition through WW Clyde that's opened up a lot of new doors. Yeah. Um, but that's a great example of just being disciplined, looking at your business, figuring out what works for you, and then doubling down on it. Mm-hmm. Is that you? Yeah, that was me. Okay. And we're we're doing this as we speak. And it's not even refocusing. We're just, I think, simplifying a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then maybe don't even be refocusing. No, it's not even refocusing. It's, it's just, just like shaving off the the things that don't really like serve us or our correct. clients. Yep. You know, it's just like, yeah, we don't really need that. Correct. That doesn't make us better. That doesn't make other people better. Yep. Um, well, thanks for reaching out, Nate. Um, I do want to say that. The last uh, bit of his email, and we don't necessarily have to put this on the podcast, but I feel like you'd want to hear it. He says, thanks for all the hard work you all do. Wouldn't have gotten into the dirt game without BuildWit. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He also has an extremely cool uh, company name, Armadillo Excavation. Ooh. It's pretty cool. I like that. I hope he has a little Armadillo as a logo. Oh, he should. Um. Okay, I think that is it. I think we've podcasted, my friend. All right, we've podcasted. I just wanted to thank everybody for the reviews on uh, on the podcast. It's been very nice to see people, uh, I guess, see what the value people get out of the podcast. Yeah, we've you gotten know? a lot of them. We do this a lot, and um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's, I mean, it's your full-time job doing yeah. all this. It's a lot of my, my time and energy in, in between traveling and we spend a lot of weekends doing this. I mean, you've given up a lot of your weekends, which yeah. I'm cool with, but you have a family. Um, we very much appreciate that. Um, uh, and so it, it it gets a little tiring, but it's it's really cool to know that we're actually making a difference and we're actually making the dirt world a better place. So we really appreciate everybody's feedback. And the contest is closed, but if you ever want to leave us a review, uh, go, on pod, uh, go on Apple Podcasts, just write a review. It takes two minutes or send it to dirt talk at buildwit.com. Yeah. We'd love to hear about the value you're getting out of the podcast. Maybe we'll even read it on the podcast. Yeah. And I think also maybe what I'll do is if you, maybe just anytime, um, maybe we can just cut this out if you don't like it. Maybe just any time anyone sends a review and sends it into me, I'll send them a discount code to the store. That'd be super like, cool. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that does something for us. Yeah. You know, and we certainly want to, you know, pay that back and pay that forward to just you know, our listeners. It's a, it's a lot of work. We're not driving revenue right now. Um, and it's nice to get a pat on the back every once in a while to yeah. know that 
wow, people actually listen to this, take it to heart, and are making the dirt world a better place as a result. And from a technical perspective, the more reviews we get, the more like eyes we get on the podcast. Exactly. Because Apple loves podcasts that get a lot of reviews. It's a huge help. Yeah. All around. So thanks for thanks for all the reviews, the kind words. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like answered, send them to dirttalkatbuildwit.com and we will hopefully answer them on future podcasts. Until then... Stay dirty, everybody.